Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear about it here every day on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the podcast is brought to you by Skyline Chili. We'll tell you more about their Lexington locations in a bit. We want to talk about Mark Stoops' press conference that happened on Monday. We still have some things from the Missouri game, well, actually, after the game, that we need to discuss. Also, we didn't touch at all on basketball, really, outside of one question on the last podcast. So we're going to get some quick takeaways. And a former UK basketball coach is back in the news because... Well, he always has to be in the news. I think that's kind of his MO, and we can all accept that at that this point. Um, but first, Kyle, I went to Mark Stoops' press conference. I tweeted out the video from my timeline if you want to go check it out. Not a ton of news. I thought the the most interesting thing, in my opinion, is the fact that, you know, he it was a whole the whole thing was a, basically a lot of restating this question. Big game this week, coach. You prepare any different? <laughs> And I mean, I mean, it has to be asked in some different ways. And they actually, John Clay asked it in a really nice way at the end of it, uh, talking about preparation. And he admitted that, you know, sometimes the coaches outthink themselves. Here's his direct quote. We sometimes outcoach ourselves. We admit that and say that all the time. There's a fine line. Do too much, do too little. So, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of, Stoops has, I feel like, been a little bit more open about some of these things this season because he's finally comfortable you know, with his team, and maybe he's opening opening up just a hair. But I think that's such an accurate assessment of what has gone on in some instances this season that it's nice to for him to acknowledge it. Yeah, and I, I think when you're winning, it helps that you can you can be a little more honest. You're a lot more defensive when you're losing. You know, you don't want to come out and say, "Man, we really outsmarted ourselves there." After you lose a game that everybody's really disappointed in, but when you steal one, sometimes it's a little easier to say that. <laughs> Um, I mean, I think they've, I think they've out thought sort of outsmarted themselves with this quarterback thing. And we've talked a lot about that. So there's no reason to rehash it, but that happens. And that doesn't mean you're a bad coach or uh, anything like that. I think it's just a, a human natural thing to do. I think the best coaches find a way to coach them just enough. I mean, they, they, it takes probably years to get that balance. I mean, Nick Saban is a guy who was a pretty underwhelming head coach initially, you know, not like he was just came out of the, Gate as the first-time head coach as gang, you know, gangbusters at Michigan State. So, you know, I, I think Mark Stoops has grown into the role. I think he's he's first-time head coach in year six. I think he's learned some valuable and at times very painful lessons uh, about being a, a first-time head coach in those six years. And but because he had the time and he won just enough early on, just enough, I think, to keep his job. That's all kind of being rewarded now, but it doesn't mean you're still not going to make some of those mistakes. And yeah, I, I think when you're in the position he's in now, standing at seven and one, you can maybe exhale and go, "Yeah, we're not perfect, but you know, here we are, <laughs> playing hey, for the East." To your point, real quick about the Danny Clark and the quarterback thing, we didn't. There wasn't a ton of new new information on on Gunnar Hoke, but he did kind of expand on the Danny Clark situation. Basically. They look at it as Danny's a physical quarterback, and sometimes when they get in those short-yarded situation, it's not a true wildcat where they're going to run him all the time. They'll have some more passing options off of that. And so if it was just Benny Snell in the backfield, obviously it would be less likely that they would throw it, and they feel like Danny Clark in that position might 
make the defense respect the pass a little bit more. I don't necessarily know if we'll see that at, at any point going forward. But Stoop said they had been working on that for a couple of weeks. So, you know, maybe the plan was to see it at some point against Vanderbilt, but we've gone through that a ton where it was just such a weird, a weird environment there that you didn't want to risk it at all. Also from this, we did learn that Chance Poor is the kicker in the Georgia game. I don't think anybody's super-duper surprised by that, Kyle, considering some of the struggles from Miles Butler, but that has been completely settled to the the fact that he's going to kick for Georgia, and I still think they might be trying to walk that fine line where they might be able to redshirt him if they can. I guess they got to set him out one more regular season game if they just go to a bowl game now. If they win against Georgia, then that opens up a, a new set of problems, but a bunch of problems that they, I think, would welcome. Yeah, I mean they're they're you know if they win against Georgia, they're going to add at least one more game and going to the SEC championship game. They're a college football playoff contender legitimately at that point because you know if you're eight and one and you just beat the best team and perceived as the best team in the East and a, and a team that was in the playoff last year, you're going to be I don't know what would they be ranked if they beat Georgia sixth maybe they'd be up there and. Uh, yeah, I, I think they'd be happy to lose a year of eligibility for their kicker <laughs> if uh, if that means they're going to the playoff or even in the mix of it or going to Atlanta. So I, I almost we'll see how he does. But like at this point, I think if you if you think he's your better kicker uh, and you're having such a good season, just don't worry about that. Just just play the kid. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I would definitely think there's there's no about no doubt about that. Also, kind of cool you saw today that. UK football has some big old signs in Times Square. They tweeted out Benny Snell and Josh Allen, and you quote tweeted it and said Josh Allen Heisman. And then they deleted it. Well, they reposted. I don't. Know, there might have been some kind of spelling error or something uh, in there. I don't know yeah. exactly what was going on, but at yeah. first I thought some intern like accidentally shared something that they weren't supposed to share. I was like, oh, okay, that's weird. Josh Allen and Benny Snell have Times Square billboards, and I forget exactly what they they tweeted out about that but that's kind of cool to your point we'll see I, I can't even honestly I should have had this ready but I there's so many emails coming in about Josh Allen I can't even keep track of all the award watch list he's on and Benny Snell yep. was on the Maxwell which is the offensive player of the year I believe is the the title of that award so uh, just all kinds of praise coming in for those guys Josh Allen won defensive player of the year Lynn Bowden won week. Week. Well, I'm just gonna give it to he's him. He's gonna win the year. He's already got four player of the week awards. Yeah, screw so. it. I'm I'm just I'm just calling it now. He's SEC defensive player of the year. Lynn Bowden won special teams player of the week. And I think that was obviously well deserved. Mark Stoops reiterated that Bowden came to him and asked for the ball and then he got it. And then he kind of explained that he hasn't been back there all the time because a lot of times on punts there isn't opportunities for returns. So it would kind of be a waste to have him back there when you have a, a little gu- more dangerous because you got the more reliable guy who's going to catch it every time back there. So yeah, you got the guy that they called Spider Man in preseason who just catches anything that's close to him. And as we saw in that last drive, even if it's behind and kind of low, if he can get his hand on it, <laughs> then he's going to be yeah. fine and he's going to be able to catch it. All right, coming up next, we got a couple more football things to wrap up, including some fun Mark Stoops had after the game. But first, I want to tell you about Skyline Chili. There's something about Skyline Chili that makes me feel good. 
They are known for their cheese conies, which is a hot dog topped with their secret recipe chili, onions, mustard, and freshly shredded cheddar cheese. And their famous three ways, which is spaghetti crowned with their signature chili and a mound of shredded cheese. Make it a four or five way by adding either onions or beans or both. Being from Northern Kentucky, every time I went and visited my parents, I had to get conies. Now I can get them here in Lexington. Skyline Chili is a neighborhood place where you can feel right at home. It's a great place for a quick meal on the way home in their speedy drive through or stop in and connect with friends after the game. The servers at the Richmond Road Skyline are super friendly. That's what makes Skyline so special. Good food, good service, good people. I'm getting hungry just talking about it. I'm feeling like a good day for a trip to the Lexington Skyline over on Richmond Road across from the Krispy Kreme. And right now, if you go check them out, you can see their sign, which says, Get ready, Georgia. UK is going to shock the world. So be on the lookout for their sign. If you're seeing seeing that sign, pull over because it's feeling good. It's skyline time. You know, we all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert show or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Georgia sold out this weekend, so you're going to have to get some tickets another way. Vivid Seats is a great way to do it. They are your top source for tickets of all live events. You can sort by price or even look at the seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and our promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more. If you're looking for Georgia tickets, go to Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Do you agree with Matt Stitchcomb? I teased this in the last podcast and brought forgot to bring it up like I do sometimes. That that was a butt ugly win, Kyle. Yeah, it was. It was butt ugly, but I, but beautiful. I think if you're Mark Stoops or the the fan base. I mean, I know some of the fans are still fuming about the the offensive decision making before that last drive. But I mean, to go win any game in the SEC on the road uh, is is tough. I think you know when you're Kentucky. Historically speaking, it's tough. People want to say stop talking about the past. This is whatever different year. Yada yada. You can't do that. This is this is Kentucky football. They have a hundred years of history, most of it bad. All of its modern history almost as bad. They're doing stuff that they haven't done before. They're winning games that they haven't the kind of games that they haven't won before. We've seen this game go the other way a bazillion times. You've seen the call at the end go the other way a bazillion times. So in that way, when it doesn't, when it goes Kentucky's way, however it happens. I think for for most of the fan base and certainly for Mark Stoops, it's a, a beautiful, ugly win. Um, and part of that is the defense we talked a lot about on yesterday's episode. And if Stoops talked about it today, I think he called it you know one of the most complete. I think he said uh, performances he's ever been a part of defensively to to have an entire second half where the opponent, which you know in theory has a pretty potent offense and an NFL quarterback, has eight possessions and zero first downs. I'll probably refer back to that a few more times <laughs> over the mm-hmm. next few weeks. That that is that is an unbelievable. If they win the East, you know, Georgia everybody will remember the Georgia game and probably the Florida game, but 
defensively to have a second half like they had at Missouri will be a big piece of the story of this season. That was something you'll rarely ever see. Uh, and so it was really ugly, um, but I can see a lot of reasons why, from Kentucky's perspective, kind of beautiful as well. Yeah, and the other thing that yeah, – ugly moment, I guess we, we touched on it a little bit yesterday with Benny Snell getting into the face of the coaching staff to a certain extent. I asked Stoops about that, you know, the line there, and Calipari actually had to – kind of like a little note on Instagram and Twitter about how it was about Lynn Bowden, but it, I think this also pertains to this instance a little bit, how turning over the team to the team is something he always tries to accomplish. And honestly, Kyle, it is like a broken record every year. Calipari, without fail, will mention that. Um, but he talked about today where some of the stuff at, at Florida, you know, he, he would talk to the guys and he would kind of get a little frustrated. He goes, you call the defense. And then they would go call it and they would take ownership and, you know, that was his best defenses down at Florida. Obviously, there's a fine line, um, but it's not it's not like he's actually turning over all the, the play calling and planning to the team. Um, but it's one of those deals where he if he has that much trust, and that was one of his main points when he was talking about going back and forth with players on the sideline. And, and Josh Allen and, and Derek Beatty are the two names that he brought up specifically and how they got into it a little bit. But both of them came out and had fabulous second halves. As you just pointed out, Kyle, the stats speak for themselves. Um, but at Florida State, sometimes he would just turn it over to the defense and let them do what they do. And when you have that kind of trust in your players, it makes it very easy for a coach. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, empowering, as you said, empowering is something uh, John Calipari has talked about for almost a decade now here. And I think it's it does it's not sports specific. It's not even sports. It's not even it's not individual sports specific, and it's not sports specific either. It's just kind of true of business life, whatever. If you have a team of people that you're managing, uh, whenever you don't have to micromanage them, and you've taught them everything they need to know, and you've you've got the right people, that's a big part of it. And it's taken Stoops a long time to do that to recruit and develop the right people. Once you've gotten to that point and you can turn them loose and they can be self-sustaining and just come to you and they need some guidance, um, I think you got a better company, a better team, basketball team, football team, whatever it is. So um, this is this season has just been the culmination of what has been a long, slow build, I think. And, uh, and you see that in a lot of different ways. Stoops specifically mentioned Darius West and Benny Snell in those situations. And he said, you, you know, you can't hurt the team. And we have a team that loves each other, but you can't do those things. You can't put your team in a bad spot. He was talking about those penalties, which seemed to be more frequent last season. I don't know if I, that's an actual stat that we could you know, verify or not, but the, the personal fouls and the, the silliness that you know, had, a, had a lot to do with some of the defensive guys that have been cleaned up specifically by Jordan Jones, they don't seem to be as prevalent this season. And Stoops has said a lot of that has to do with the fact that the team kind of doesn't want to mess up because they have so much on the line and they realize that this season that they can really do, do something special. Yeah. And the, like the Benny one the other day, like his explanation of it was interesting. I uh, saw John Hale, I think had a story for the courier journal. Benny basically said like he, he was frustrated that he was getting pulled on and poked and having his ankles wrenched in the pile after plays. And I noticed him getting frustrated. I, I can't remember if it was a Vanderbilt game or the one before that, 
but I've seen him a couple times this year where he's kind of like looking like people are pulling on him. So he said he was kind of basically saying to the officials, like, what's the deal here? Are you going to, like, do something about this? And was holding on, I guess, holding onto the ball as he was complaining. And the guy said, give me the ball. And as Benny tells it, he gave the ball to the official. I, don't, I haven't been able to see an angle that uh, – and haven't really tried that um, – whether he chucked it at him or, like, how he gave the official the ball. Uh, but his if his explanation of it was true, it uh, sounds a little a lot less selfish, you know, um, maybe than than the initial reaction. I think people largely reacted, and maybe Eddie Grand reacted to how Benny was talking coming off the field uh, as well to the staff. Obviously frustrated, but beyond that, I mean, yeah, this season has been a much different year. Especially when you just go back to the last game of the season. I, I wrote about, tweeted about, had a sort of contentious phone call with Mark Stoops about the embarrassment that was the Louisville game last year. I mean, I, I thought that was a total disgrace, the way some of those guys were behaving. Jordan Jones, I think Denzel, was it Denzel Ware that threw the trash can? I believe so. Uh, you know, and that was happening a bunch. And that was just it's a bad look for your team. It's hard for people to believe that you have them disciplined in, in playing the game when they're not disciplined in those areas. And, and, in that specific, that's one specific way people look at like this defense, people go, it's like mostly the same guys. It's pretty much the same exact group as last year. Why are they so much better? Well, Josh Allen is a monster. He's gotten bigger, stronger, better. But I think a lot of it is just, they look a lot more disciplined and, you know, in their behavior, but also clearly in the way they're playing. They're playing their assignments. Everybody's kind of doing their job. The the basic tenet of football, do your job. And, um, you know, you can tell. Two quick things, and we'll wrap up football and move on to basketball. One, I just wanted to point out at one point in the game, the Missouri, uh, I guess, I don't know if it was students or fans overall, they had an overrated chant going. That is the stupidest chant in sports. And I... I'm kind of glad that it came back and bit them because that chant and the wave both should be abolished from all sporting events forever if I were ever made emperor of sports for a day. And then finally, the old locker room celebration. <laughs> Kyle, did you know Mark Stoops had those kind of hops? No, and like <laughs> watching that video, it's like, it's so funny how just like suddenly he lurches onto the pile. <laughs> like, what if he had just jumped up there and nobody grabbed him? Uh, that that would have well, been... He joked about that today and said, he said, did you see the, the trust I have in my team? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's, it was a lot of trust. It was a lot of trust. Uh, and, like, he, he looks so happy up on top. He does. Like, because it's not just the jumping on the pile. If you wait just a couple seconds, all of a sudden he is just wildly pumping his fists. And, you know, we've seen Stoops happy. It's funny, when I worked at SEC Country, we used Getty images and we would pretty much pick our own photos and have to grab them and write the cut lines and all that stuff and the captions. And in that system, there was, uh, for like a year and a half, maybe more, most of the two years I worked there, if, if something good happened and I was looking for a hap, a picture of happy Mark Stoops, it was so hard. <laughs> I mean, there would be like dozens of scowling, screaming, arguing with refs, steaming and stewing Mark Stoops pictures. And like I was always having to go back and like get some photo from the South Carolina game in 2015 or whatever it was. 
you know, where he's so happy and celebrating on the field. But it's – and we've seen it a few times, him smiling, but that was the most, like, unadulterated joy yeah. I think I've ever seen out of him. Like, he was – that was like a little kid celebration. Just let it loose. The 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 wild pumping of his, like, arms and legs just – cracked me up for some reason watching it and again when when you you'd much rather blow people out right but there's nothing (laughs) that makes something better than when you almost lost it and then you got it anyway you know like you get you the worst thing almost happened and then an awesome thing happens to make you like appreciate it more if they'd just gone up and won you know 31 17 it would have had the same effect on their pursuit of their goals, but everybody would have just been like, cool, we took care of business, happy, but not ecstatic. But because of the way they won, snatching victory from the jaws of defeat, that place, I mean, I think it was a Lynn Bowden, somebody said it was like a concert in there. Yeah. Like he, I mean, it was, and also, here's how you know it was a big deal. Kentucky tweeted out the video and left it up, and there are definitely some extreme profanity going on at the end of the video. That is Sheck, Sheck Wes's Mo Bamba. That's the name of the tune. It's a hot track right now. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, it could be a sore spot for Kentucky fans, a Mo Bamba track, but uh, people were pretty happy in there. I feel bad for Mo Bamba right now, though, because when you Google his name, the song comes up before him. So he's got some work to do in the NBA if he wants to surpass this song because I think he feels pretty like he has a lot of like a, a lot of uh, cachet though that he's that well he's no it's a double edged sword but you got to live up to it and now you got to surpass it to a certain extent because I mean you know there's songs about all kinds of players but right now the song is more famous than the player also of note in that celebration video if you watch it all the way on the left side of your screen. Steve Klinkscale, the defensive backs coach, absolutely losing his mind when Mark Stoops initially goes crowd surfing, cracks me up every time. And the whole the whole thing is just fantastic. And it's just one of those moments you, you couldn't even script because I don't think anybody would believe that Mark Stoops would do yeah. that. And there he is losing it's, his mind. File it into under the why we love sports exactly. know, category. Because and, like that's that's cool. There are not a lot of things in the world in life that can can elicit that sort of happiness out of anybody. And if somebody gets if a room full of what a hundred a hundred people probably some people yeah. can can have that joy and not to mention all the fans that got I'm sure so much excitement out of it that's that's why people love sports because not many things in your life can move you to that emotion. Also, Mark Stoops said today that he f- needs to send out an email and check for damaging the ceiling because <laughs> he broke. Did he the kick t- the ceiling? No, he punched this tile. You didn't see that other uh, reverse I, I, picture. Uh, of I where the the ceiling tile is broken. It's not in the video because it's it's a little bit above where the video cuts off at the top. But in a picture on the reverse side, you can see there's a big old hole in the ceiling <laughs> in one of those nice. tiles that are broken. It'll yeah. set him back. I, I actually Googled it, looked up what it costs at a home repair store, and it's about 50 bucks for one of those big tiles. So he got think, a $250,000 yeah. bonus. Yeah, he'll be okay. That game, he'll so. be okay. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk a little bit basketball. Kentucky, as we mentioned in the last podcast, had a exhibition game against Transy, and Rick Pitino's name is in the news again. Oh, my gosh, how does that happen? But first, I got to tell you guys about Sling TV. You don't want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. On Sunday, I did my favorite thing and turned on the NFL Red Zone channel on my Sling TV and watched the games across the country. It was awesome. 
Are you sick of paying for 20 channels you never use when you just want to watch your team win? Sling TV is the best way to watch college football, NFL football, NBA basketball, any sport in the world. 30 bucks a month gets you ESPN, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and a bunch more. Stream on your big screen and all your favorite devices, your phone, your tablet, your computer, it doesn't matter. Sling TV, you can watch it on all those things. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. No useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and as I mention every time, you can upgrade or downgrade your channel package anytime you want. Also, you can cancel at any time. Right now, Locked On listeners can get a seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. Go get that free trial today. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Okay, Kyle, so I'll just do this real quick, briefly again go slightly more in depth than we did last time the defense no hang on hang on hang on i have to interrupt you so did you see did you see the james wiseman tweeted out a picture where or sent out a picture of him and a rapper named uh moneybag yo and uh zebo the nba player who played forever for the memphis grizzlies visiting him in his home I did uh, see that. I don't think he which, which, he didn't which, he didn't tweet that though. Other people took that it off. Got, it got out there somehow from Snapchat or something. Yes, the image. You got to get your social uh, media. We right. can assume Mike Miller slash Penny Hardaway sent them there, which I wonder. You know, there it struck me as very odd and maybe a little much. But uh, I think that James Wiseman's sister just moments ago has offered Kentucky its chance to uh, rebut that recruiting pitch. Go on. She just tweeted, I need a song with Drake so I can have a hit with like six exclamation points. Hmm. Is she an artist herself? Does she sing? Apparently, I don't know. Her name is Jaquarius Greer. I don't know. I like. I honestly don't. I know a lot about his mom and know her well, but I don't know a lot about his sister. But if assuming she's a musician, <laughs> here's your your move, Kentucky, the number one recruit in the country, who has just been visited by some Memphis celebrities. Uh, his sister is apparently wants to do a song with Drake, who is Kentucky's uh, celebrity mascot. Well, I mean, Drake's a lot of celebrity mascots there, so I mean, that w- wouldn't be exclusive. I don't know. I don't know. That is weird, though. What? What the heck? I wonder what Michigan State fans are thinking. Old Zebo, while he's a been a Memphis Grizzly for a long time, hey, he he's a Spartan. What's he doing out there recruiting for Penny? That's kind of weird, but that's neither here nor there. Tell you what, I'm kicking the can down the road again, making an executive decision. Maybe we'll talk about that transit game at some point, but not on this one because because <laughs> we're running out of time, and I wanted to get Kyle to comment on Rick Pitino. Hiring Drew Rosenhaus, super agent, and now he's looking to the NBA because he wants to develop some young minds. Rick Pitino is is not to be trusted ever. <laughs> I mean, like that's all I've. That's like my only reaction to it. How could anyone take anything Rick Pitino says ever at face value? Like. Is this like 1,337 things since he became the head coach at Louisville that he said as definitives that within a, a sometimes within a day and often within a few days have been rendered completely false? Mm-hmm. I mean, 
I'm never coaching again. I'm done coaching. I'm done. I'm done. I'm not coaching. I'm never talking again. This was my last interview. I'm not talking anymore about this. Hold on. Let me get a goes on a TV tour and writes a book. I mean, and starts a podcast. You're forgetting that. So he's our competition and a a Twitter account. I mean, I just, here's the, let me read the quote real quick to give a full context from ESPN. Adrian Wojnarowski Patino told him, I just want to be part of an organization. I want to develop young players. I want to be part of a team. I miss it terribly. I'm using this time to really study the NBA. If something opens up with a young basketball team, I'd have deep interest in it. Cavs are open. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That'll work. They got no stars. Kevin Love's hurt. That's a perfect landing spot for Rick Patino. Rick Patino deserves the Cavs, and Dan Gilbert deserves Rick Patino. I think that's the only match that could happen, and that deserves to happen in the NBA. In all honesty, so yeah. All right, Kyle, we'll wrap it there. Maybe we'll talk basketball right. at some point. Actual stuff that happened on the court, even though it was just an exhibition game, and you got so much going on with the football team with the SEC East Championship game coming up, and you breaking news about James Wiseman's sister. We, we just had to kick it down the road a little bit, so stay tuned for coverage of that. You can follow along until then on Twitter at LockedOnUK. Find us on Facebook, LockedOnKentucky. You can find me, as those videos I was pointing out, you can see Mark Stoops' full Monday press conference. I am at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Kyle, you are? At Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. Be sure to be following along with his coverage on The Athletic. I saw you just posted a Reed Travis Seinfeld story, and you guys put out your The 68, which is your guys' rankings of the top college basketball teams, which is smart because 68, that's how many get in the tournament, Kyle. Oh, is that what it is? I just thought we randomly picked 68 teams. <laughs> so follow <laughs> along with all that. And shout out again to Skyline for sponsoring this edition of the show. Go check out their Richmond Road location in Lexington or anywhere else where you're listening to this. Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe, rate, review, then share this with someone else who would enjoy. We will talk to you soon. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.